Join spiritual feminist and empowerment coach Joni Advent Maher for Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. Listen in for intimate conversations about money, transformation, and feminine sovereignty. And now, your host, Joni Advent Maher. Welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I'm your host, Joni Advent Maher spiritual midwife and transformational coach. Today, I'm so excited to welcome back Dr. Semarit Strawn to the podcast. Welcome, Semarit. Thank you, Joni. It's, it's an honor and delicious to be back. Yes, and you are joining us from the Bahamas. Oh. <laughs> um, it's a uh, it's a hardship, isn't it, here in the wintertime? Um, and again, so humbled and grateful to be here. Um, uh, not something that I do, island hopping in the winter. It's not quite in, um, in my lifestyle yet, but uh, uh, the, the opportunity to be here was almost a miracle. And... Um, and I'm, I'm happy to be here and to be joining you from this, um, from this place. Yes. Mm, well, we can, we can hear more about that a little bit later. But mm-hmm. let, me t- let me tell our listeners about Semarit. So Semarit is an accomplished medical doctor, cultural elder, feminine power transformational coach, and certified intentional creativity coach. She has dedicated her life to helping women break out of the inner fears that limit them from blossoming into the fullness of their contributions in their chosen career. Her signature program, Liberation of the Mother's Daughter, guides women in the exploration of intergenerational transmission of these limitations. Yes, so that is exactly what I want to talk about today, is those intergenerational limitations and this idea of the mother's daughter. Wonderful. And uh, Joni, before we, uh, well, we're going to, in order for me to talk about this, we're going to jump right in. But I wanted to do this correction right as we started, because it's such a common um, mishearing of what I do. When you were introducing me, you said liberation of the mother's daughter. And will be, will be, yes, it's something that happens so often. And as you know, it's liberation from the mother's yes, daughter. Yes, I'm just and, seeing that now. Yes. And so um, it's just very uh, powerful to me how, um, uh, I'm not exactly sure what to say about it, but I think it'll come out in the conversation. Uh, often, um, well, let me let, let me let it be at that, that. It's important to restate liberation from the mother's daughter. And we're going to see why as we talk. Yes, I, I get the difference already. But tell us a little bit more about what that means, the mother's daughter, and, and then we can get into why the from is so important. 
Yes. So the mother's daughter is, um, I am going to use this uh, psychologically, spiritually, uh, technological term. It's an archetype. And I, I, I apologize about the term, but it just is the best term that allows me to convey a complex concept. And the concept is this. We, as we are growing up, um, develop uh, complex attitudes, beliefs, and uh, sets of actions and reactions. We are neurologically programmed to do that. Um, a baby needs to assure that his or her mother uh, smiles at them, gazes at them, um, touches them. And so in infancy, the need for that is truly a life and death need. And so um, the things that we do and that uh, result in the mother frowning or the mother turning away uh, are things that become uh, not allowed. But the not allowing is something that our neurological system decides from within ourselves. It's not necessarily that the mother says this is not allowed. It's, the, it's our own survival that says, oh, these things caused her to smile. I'm going to do more of that. Or these things caused her to frown, so I'm not going to do that. But of course, the smile and the frown may have come from a myriad other reasons. And the baby uh, with a developing neurological system, an immature neurological system, ascribes reasons and causality where perhaps it's not um, it's not needed. It's not it, well. It's not accurate. Is um, am I making sense, honey? I feel a little labored in my ex explanation. Yes. So you are making sense. So what I am hearing you say is this is a lot about um, from the professional lingo we call attachment, mm -hmm. uh, attachment theory or um, our relational bond. And we do have a relational nervous system. Mm -hmm. That is a real part of our body, and in order for us to develop optimally, we do need that secure bonding and connection, and as little beings, we do whatever it takes to ensure yes. our survival. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm hearing you say. So it, it's just that early, early imprinting that is under our conscious awareness um, is what I'm hearing you describe. And, and there are the things that are overt, but you're also naming the more subtle, um, just the more subtle, un, uh, kind of unobvious, for lack of a better word. Yes, I'm naming that the source is uh, unobvious, subtle, 
under the surface, under the consciousness. But of course, we then begin to grow and develop. And that source uh, takes on a life of its own. And as, and as we grow, the permissions and the forbiddens um, become more and more rigid. Um, and that's what I'm calling the mother's daughter archetype. In other words, um, so we get into adulthood and um, there, are, there are things that we would never think of allowing ourselves to do. And there are things um, that we are compelled to do. Uh, and and uh, I, I call that set of permissions and um, forbidden territory, that, that set um, is our perception of what we think would please our mother. And so that's why I call it the mother's daughter archetype. It's a construct that actually has grown inside of our own neurological and uh, system and psyche. Um, and it, it's been created and maintained by us. I don't mean by us in a vacuum. Of course, it's by us in interaction with and in response to uh, our lives. But um, one of the main um, points that I want to get across is that it lives inside of us. It's created, maintained, cultivated inside of us. Yeah, so maybe if you could think of an example, either from your experience or your work with uh, women, yes. the women that you work with, that might be helpful just to give our listeners an idea of Absolutely. what this might look like. So um, I'll give examples of some responses that to some of the exercises that we do in order to, because it's so deep and subtle um, that we have to approach it in a different way. But uh, one of the uh, women that I was working with um, who was aware that uh, her relationship with her mother might have impacted uh, her capacity to be in relationships, you know, intimate relationships or relationship with men. So she was aware of that. You know how sometimes we know, we know, oh, um, my mother's, um, the way my mother interacted with me or the way my mother did, for example, relationships um, I, I'm, is a, a point of friction between my mother and me. And so that's the area um, that um, is tangled up in that mother-daughter relationship. So this woman knew about that, but in the course of working through the program, she came across, she said, oh my God, that's why I don't entertain. And I said, what do you mean? She said, I just realized that um, at a very early age, I looked up to my mother who always had her house 
a kind of speak and span, very warm, very welcoming, but everything was just so. And her mother loved to entertain and people loved to come to her mother's parties or gatherings. And so as an adult, this woman says, I never entertain. And it's not that I don't like it. It's just that I can never live up to my mother's standards for Mm. entertaining. Mm. And she says, moreover, I keep my house just a little messy because, (laughs) because then I say to myself, the house is too messy. I can't entertain. Mm. So that's a powerful multi-layered way in which, um, she was living. I often call liberation from the mother's daughter with a subtext of stop living somebody else's life. Mm. Um, Mm. and so, this woman was living the mother's daughter life, at least in with respect to entertaining and with respect to her connections with her friends. Um, you know, the mother's daughter was the one who needed to entertain in the same way that her mother entertained. And the mother's daughter was the one who could not give herself permission to be relaxed about entertaining. Mm. The, the mother's daughter was so caught in the perfection of the way one ought to entertain that she couldn't give herself the room and the spaciousness um, to feed her need for connection. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the the need for connection got sacrificed to living up to her mother's. Again, let me just say it's not really her mother's standards; is her perception of her mother's standards. So her this woman's need for connection got sacrificed to her perceived view of her mother's standards for entertaining. Yeah, so you are unearthing something that is is so powerful because it's under the radar. It's not the overt. It's the more subtle uh, belief system that is guiding us or story that's guiding us that we often are completely unconscious of. So yes, it's, it's, it sounds like it's a very potent, um, I don't know, thing that you have discovered, construct that you have discovered. And that's why I really wanted you to come on and speak about it, because how many of us, you know, we may have certain beliefs or stories or relationship dynamics with our mothers that we know overtly, but then there's this whole other territory that you're speaking to. So yes. Yeah. So, so can you talk with us about this idea of the liberation from, like, how do we liberate ourselves from this uh, archetype it's, or this construct? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, well, like, I, I can start by uh, relating to you, as, as you know, the story, my story of how liberation came to me. 
came through uh, what I call the initiation of my mother's death. And let me stress that you don't need to wait for, excuse me, your mother's death or anybody else's death in order to do this work. However, um, there are very few remaining natural initiations, excuse me again, um, the, and death is one. Uh, death happens to be, I believe in our modern day, the only thing that everything stops for. I had where mm. I can have, mm. yes, where I can have problems at work saying I need a vacation or I need, imagine, I need uh, a few retreat days. I need to go replenish my soul. Those are totally not acceptable, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? However, if I say my mother just died, I need to take a week. Um, it's like, yes, it, it, it's still... It still is a, an event where um, life, the busyness of our everyday life is allowed to stop. Hmm. So for me, uh, so, so I pay a lot of attention to it. But the reason I pay a lot of attention to it is because of what happened to me uh, when my mother died, which were um, uh, several signs along the way that kept calling me to the liberation potential of that event. Mm. I think that especially in our circles, Joni, people kind of are very familiar with the idea that for the person who is dying, uh, life, uh, excuse me, death is a liberation because um, our spiritual selves have been um, uh, limited by our human consciousness. It's a it's a beautiful partnership, but it still gives it still holds us. And that at the moment of death, the body, having done her work, uh, you know, it, it stops that consciousness. But the spiritual um, is now able to fly free. Mm-hmm. So. But I think that that's that's fairly familiar, and uh, so the the person. Oh, I'm about to sneeze again. Sorry. <laughs> oh my. <clears throat> Bless you. Thank you. Uh, we we talked about the beauty of being in a different climate, and these are the drawbacks. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you're speaking about death and how for the person who's dying, it's a a freeing up. Right. And so that, that's fairly familiar. That was kind of the, the, the attitude that I also had. And then when my mother was dying, my first experience was uh, with a blue heron who announced to me in my spiritual Life, so it's it's more. There was a there was an actual heron um, in the physical world, but I'm talking much more about in my imagination, in my imaginative side. I experienced the heron as delivering the message: "This is a liberation for you, Semerit. Mm, mm, mm. Not just for your mother, but more importantly for you." Mm. 
And this interaction with the heron and the fact that there was an actual material heron who was just taking flight at the same moment really imprinted my spirit and my heart, but I didn't really know what it meant. And um, several, some time passed and the next imaginative experience from my inner world is being in contact with what I perceive to be the voice of a young maiden. And she said to me, Samarit, there is one life I came here to live. And in essence, I'm not living it. She said, free me, free Mm. me Mm. to live the life I came here to live. Another powerful imprint, which made sense of the heron's message. Oh, that's, that's the liberation, the liberation to live my one life. And still was confused as to how do I go about that? Or what does it really mean? And the third experience is being at my mother's funeral mass and the organist playing uh, the Ave Maria, Mm -hmm. which was a hymn that was so beloved to my mother. She sang it with gusto. And in that funeral mass, it was as if the hymn was emerging from my belly. And uh, I found myself totally sobbing out of control, very loud, wailing, mm. kind of slumped over. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I call it, the, you know, my my effluvia, my body fluids were, were <laughs> pouring from the nose, from the eyes. I mean, from somebody on the outside, I looked a mess. <laughs> and a lot of people started to hover around me. And in that moment, though, Joan, I was not sad. I was not falling apart. My embodied experience in that moment was of glorious, mm. ad- unadulterated freedom. Mm. And I, I, was like, I was literally flying high. And let me explain, most of my adult life, probably a good deal of my childhood life, I worried about what people would think. I worried about appearances. I worried about um, what should I do or shouldn't do. But in that moment where my conscious will had been overridden (laughs) by a beautiful hymn and the fact that my mother was no longer here, but this was a hymn that brought her to total life for me, I didn't care. Mm. I did not care. It's not that I cared and then pushed it aside. Mm-hmm. It was not a rebellious, I don't care what you all think. It was from the core of my being, a celebration of this is who I am in this moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm being all that I can be in this moment. And there's no room for me to worry about appearances. There's just, it's not even relevant because 
the energy, the vibration of being all of who I am took over. In mm. that moment is what taught me liberation. I began to think, Joni, what if we were able to access that and we lived our life that way mm. mm-hmm. all the time? Like, what could be possible? So uh, that's really, I, 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 it, it became uh, a call that I, that I had to say yes to. How will we go about teaching this and facilitating this? Because I believe that's, that's what we came here to do and be, to live that kind of a life. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with you. That, that is it. That Thank it, you. That is what we came here to do and to be. Yes. And, and go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to say I'm grateful uh, for you to have called me onto this broadcast because I'm, I'm bridging the material world and my deep inner world and um, to have you reflect that you agree that you can feel into my experience is very affirming. Uh, mm. we, we, are, we are bridging two different realities. And um, on the one hand, I believe that's exactly what the feminine wants us to do. That's exactly what the planet needs at this time. And on the other hand, I think it's sometimes difficult to convey. So I'm very affirmed that you called me, and, and, and for the feminine, the, it's conveyed through these conversations, right? It's conveyed through um, another woman with whom I can totally be myself, mm-hmm. uh, the fullness of myself, mm-hmm. and then having the, having the, the power of it uh, and power is probably the wrong term, having the flow, the aliveness, the vibration of it reflected and received by another sister is, is really powerful. And it's, it affirms it. It gives it more reality. Yes. Well, it, yes. It's like a, a confirmation of sorts. And mm-hmm. uh, this touches into the piece that I am so deeply passionate about, which is the potency and the validity and the power of our inner experience of those unseen realms that we live in, that we inhabit, that we can access, that are so foundational to to who we are and what we're what we're here to live in our lives. Yes. And that most of the time in the culture we're not talking about. Yes, yes. And in fact we can bridge it back to what we're talking about. In the uh, in our early childhoods or even later childhoods, when we would talk about that, what was the what was the response? There, there, dear, that's cute. Or, you know, 
we no longer talk about that. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. You know, and and so uh, you can see how the mother's daughter uh, begins to relegate the unseen well as something we don't talk about that anymore, dear. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, so the unseen realm, which, uh, as you know, Joni, I know that you teach this as well as live this. The unseen realm is what gives us our potency. It's what gives us, uh, it's what deeply nourishes us. It's what gives us our strength. And at some point, um, at some point, we begin to, uh, in order to please the mother, we begin to separate ourselves from that invisible realm. Right, to divorce ourselves from it. Yes, yes. And I, and, I go ahead. Well, <laughs> and, and, and that's, I, I feel I'm talking too much, so I want to hear you too. <laughs> um, and, um, well, and that's how this divorce that you just named, which I loved, um, the, that's how we live the pleasing life, the life that is according to our perception of what a good daughter to our mother should live, uh, as opposed to living the life we came here to live. Yes. Yes, and the piece that I wanted to name, and yes, I please. first I want to say that, that it is in this engagement and this conversation, and I believe that as we as women identify what we know in our bones, in our being to be true, and then we find sisters who can hold that and reflect that mm. and, and have this kind of engagement, to, to bring it forth into the world, it's part of how we birth a new reality is just by what we're doing right now and how, wow. we, yeah, how we bring it forth. So the, the piece I want to name is that, because I can imagine that some of our listeners may be thinking, well, you know, mother's daughter, I have issues with, you know, with my father, or that's not really my problem. And I just want to speak to my understanding because our first, for 99.9% .9 of us, our first primary relationship is with our mother, you know, mm -hmm. as infants mm -hmm. and even pre prenatal, that, that that is why this is so key because we may have other issues, whether it's you know, with being our father's daughter or with being, uh, you know, who, who knows what, how, how mm -hmm. life has impacted us. But because the mother matrix is the first one that we encounter, this is why it is so potent and so important to, ha to have some insight or awareness into the way that archetype is operating in our lives. Absolutely, Joni. You're absolutely right. I believe that the imprint uh, between mothers and daughters, first of all, uh, is life and death. Mm -hmm. um, and secondly, because we are women, it's also impact, in, impacts and imprints on who we're going to be 
you know, she, she, this is the person who transmits the 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 body, the the set of emotions, the set of a way of thinking about how we're going to be, because we're growing up to also be a woman. Um, so yes, and it again in psychological circles, it is taught that um, the father's impact is much more. Um, it's, it's one step. It's one step removed from the basic life and death. Um, and, and the father uh, imparts a lot of how to be in the world. Mm. Right. Mm. And so you mm. will have issues mm-hmm. as the father's daughter. I mean, Marion Woodman wrote a lot about uh, the impact of the perfectionism and 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 uh, um, the the father's daughter. So I don't want to minimize that, um, but it's it's it it tends to be more about our relationship to the world uh, and the mother being more our relationship to life itself as mm. well as um, mm. as well as our relationship to our identity. Yes. Now. So, so there is a distinction, um, I think, uh, and I also want to say to our listeners, if what's uppermost for you, if, if what is, is activated by this conversation that I'm having with you, Joni, if one of our listeners says, well, what's up, what's up for me listening to the two of you is the, the transmission that came to me as my father's daughter, I would say go for it. Uh, because the portals uh, take us uh, where we need to be, where we need to go. And uh, um, in our understanding of psychology and personal development, because we need to talk about it, we necessarily create categories and uh, distinctions. But inside of someone's lived inner reality, all those streams interconnect. So one person might start going with my father's daughter and and heal that and find themselves necessarily then at the next layer, which is my mother's daughter. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it it does. We have that innate uh, guidance system that is that is directing our healing or our growth or our transformation yes. and so it, it does all come in its right timing yes yes so we are nearly out of time but i i did want to ask you if you had either a an inquiry or a practice or a tool or a something that yes. our listeners might take away from today that that would support them with this piece? Yes, I have a spoken practice, which is super quick. Uh, <laughs> and then I have a written practice, which takes a little bit more time. And the reason I mentioned this, the super quick is a little um, uh, misnomer, because it also depends on your ability to be coming from from depth. And so uh, it's done best then with a partner and it's a very simple question um and it's it, the question is and i'm gonna ask it of you and ask you to answer me with the first thing that pops so 
Johnny, I'd love for you to say the sentence after me and complete it. And the sentence is, if I weren't my mother's daughter, I would. Mm. Wow. Could you say that before you think? <laughs> if I weren't my mother's daughter, I would have valued myself a lot sooner. <laughs> Beautiful. But you see how that was a little bit of a thought process yeah. right? you got stopped by the statement. Yeah. And so if, if two sisters were facing each other and uh, could set up this beat, you know, if I weren't my mother's daughter, I would come to the Bahamas more often. If I, yes. and, and then the other person goes and then, the, and then you go back and forth mm. because it's the speed of it, it's mm. the speed mm -hmm, of mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. that allows you to catch something that bypasses the logical sensor. Yes, yes, you know? yes. I, yeah. I can see that. That's beautiful. And so you might do, go to it, you know, five times back and forth or even 10 times back and forth, but you'll know the minute you hit something that was, you know, cause you're and yes. I'm, I'm saying it for your listeners, um, benefit that the timber of your voice changes, the depth of your voice changes, the speed changes. And then, you know, that's the gift of the exercise. Uh, um, I, yes. I get that completely. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and should I, should I give as well the writing exercise or, or? sure, sure. So we don't often have a, a sister with whom we can like, and, and it's important to do it face to face. So you're really watching each other's eyes and there's, there's a whole kind of um, thing to, to, to making it work. Uh, but if you are by yourself, there's never fear. <laughs> Although you should join Joni's local circles and uh, find a local women's circle. It's really, um, it will save your life. Mm. Um, so, but also uh, our solitude, we're never really alone in our solitude. And so I want to give a writing exercise because you don't have to wait until you're in circle to do this work. Um, and I hope all of your listeners know about free write, which is such a beautiful practice where you set your timer and in this case for one minute I'm gonna say the sentence and you allow the pen to write non-stop until the timer stops so the timer is really an embrace it is your container hmm. and your pen is gonna keep moving and if you don't know what to write you shouldn't know what to write because your pen should be moving faster than your thinking <laughs> but if if it starts to slow down you can say things you can write things like I don't know what to write next this is really silly I can't really think about anything until you know it, it, it picks up again uh, and free write is a gorgeous, gorgeous gift from our inner reality uh, that allows us to be in touch with the love, the caring, and the absolute uh, richness of that world. Yeah. So that's, thank you. That's a plug for free, right? And these, that's the exercise then. These are, I'm going to give you two, two sentences, uh, and it's important to do one at a time with the one minute, breathe, and then do the other one. Um, and these, these are the sentences. The first sentence is, 
<sighs> if I were not so busy rebelling against what my mother said or mm, did, mm, mm. I would. Wow. Yes. And, and you just let your pen flow on the power of what you just experienced, right? I could feel it in your, in your side, the, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. And this is a bit artificial because I'm moving on, but it, it, were you and I in, in session together in a circle, we would just go for it because the, the response was so spontaneous. Mm -hmm. And we would put the pen in your hand because the pen would have wanted to say something. And then after the minute, I would ask you to consider this next one again in the same way. If I weren't so dedicated to pleasing or imitating my mom, I would. Mm. And, and they draw on two such deep streams that are really... Uh, alive in us, you know. And the last thing I'll say is the exercise is designed that way because whether you're imitating your mom or you're doing the exact opposite of either what she told you to do or what you saw her doing, whether you're imitating it or rebelling it, the mother's daughter archetype is designing your life. Mm. Yes. Yes, yeah. to some extent, yes. Yes, yes. 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 It's, it's the paradigm. It's the yes. paradigm within which you are uh, growing and evolving. And the, the young maiden who spoke to me in my inner world, and by the way, you know, uh, being 66 years old, I said, well, why is she young? And <laughs> she, she's young because she's underdeveloped. Oh. The mm. one... Mm. who came to live the one life is underdeveloped because mm. the mother's daughter is overdeveloped. Mm. Mm. The mother's daughter's development has crowded her out. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Oh. And the, 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 the authentic, vibrant life one uh, needs to totally come out of the paradigm. It's not about agreeing or disagreeing with my perceptions of what my mother would want. It's about finding a totally different paradigm yes. in which I am creating the paradigm of me, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, the, the free expression, just like when you were in the midst of the Ave yes. Maria, just that, yeah, that pure free expression of, of your essence and being. Yes. Well, yes. thank you, Samarit, for yes. coming to be with us and sharing your, your wisdom and your insights. And yes. it, I just realized that that's, that's uh, uh, what we started with, right? That's why it is liberation from the mother's daughter, mm. not of. The mother's daughter mm -hmm. in most of us is alive and well. Um, and in order for the authentic, vibrant us to thrive, we need to liberate ourselves from 
the mother's daughter. Yes, full circle. <laughs> full circle. Thank you. Yes. So, <clears throat> pardon me. If listeners would like to um, either be in touch or be acquainted with your work, is how can we direct them to to reach you or to receive more of you? Um, to receive more of me, I'm going to direct them to um, the Facebook page, Joni, Women of Everyday Wild Wisdom, Yay. because that that is where I'm curating this material that is coming through. I really believe that um, the authentic self is wild, uh, but not wild the way modern society has cast wild, wild in the way that you can go out in nature and feel this is what an unrestrained life is. Yes. That, that kind, and, 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 it's in, and it's in every day. You don't have to go jump off a cliff uh, and, and parasail uh, to have that kind of wildness. It can be in the time that you take to have to really enjoy your cup of coffee. Right, that kind of everyday wild wisdom where you, you go out on your deck and you, your heart is melted by the sight of an everyday squirrel mm. in the way the squirrel looks in your eyes. That's, that's what I'm talking about, it. everyday wild wisdom. So it's, on, it's a Facebook page, Women of Everyday Wild Wisdom. And, you know, uh, I love to hear from people, so we'll also give them my email address, which is Dr. Samarit at gmail.com. And please do call and let me know that you heard me on, um, on Joni's podcast. Tell them the, the title again of your podcast. <laughs> Trust your <laughs> sacred feminine flow. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it, that you heard me on Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. And I will definitely make sure to... Uh, respond and correspond with you. Wonderful. So I also want to thank you, dear listener. I know that you have received a gift today with the, with this wisdom, but I'm so glad you've chosen to spend your time with us. And as always, to remind you until we meet again, always trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow with Joni Advent Maher. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes.